And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Tom Collins, the actor, not the drink, stars in The Adventures of Frank Race from 1949. But first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Charlie must correctly answer more true or false questions about Rachel Welch. Wait, Raquel, what did I say, Rachel? You did. Raquel Welch, then I, Lisa Wolf Hall, is our moderator. <laughs> Please say hello to our Hollywood 360 listener contestant. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. So, hello, Carl. I'm hey, so Charlie. glad you're on the on the air with us. Um, before we started, I, I was going to ask you if you knew anything about her, but you've answered well, that question. I know that she invented grape juice. <laughs> oh, well, right. Right. The purple or the, the white grape purple. juice? Gotcha. So just to get you up to speed, she yeah. really rose to fame in her role call, in the movie One Million oh, Years yeah. B.C. I know, I had that 1966, poster. but got this, she only had three lines. She only so, had three lines. Three in it? lines. And she was the uh, the main thing on That's the poster. That's right. No, she was the the Charlie, deer skin Charlie and, and I both had that poster. <laughs> <laughs> it was all about the bikini, not the 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 I chops. But she lines, got there. Three it. lines. Uh, so, it would have been very dangerous for me to have that poster in 1966 when I was 13 years old. Yes, yeah, it would. Wow. Well, Carl is dangerous. That's how he rolls. <laughs> so I've got uh, some true or false questions for right, you both. Let's do We're this. We're going to start with you, Carl, and you keep score, Carl. Okay, Charlie, I'm voting for Raquel. you. Raquel. That's correct. Just okay. say it a few times. Got Raquel. Got it. All right. Carl. Yes. Raquel yeah. worked as a TV weather girl before she began acting. True or false? I'm going to say false. Charlie? I think that's, that is false. Oh, darn. It's what is true? my cardinal rule? It's actually true. Oh, your Always... cardinal rule is to disagree with Carl. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. It's true. All right. I'll let... That's it right. It sounded so real that I'm yep. like, ah, she's trying to trick well, us. Well, that's how I roll. Charlie, she auditioned for the role of Marianne on Gilligan's Island. I was going to say that's false. False. It's true. What? She oh, did really? audition for the role of Marianne, and of course the part went to our friend Don Wells. Wow. Yes. yes. She did? You guys are doing well. Oh, okay. man. <laughs> we're doing... Your, your no. sense of sarcasm is excellent. <laughs> no, we're not. You know what we're, we're doing? We're no. doing Welch. Okay. Carl, in 1975, she won a Golden Globe for A Woman Under the Influence. She, True I think or she, false? I think she has two Globes. Ooh. 
I'm going to just ask for a true or false and oh, leave it right there. Okay. Um, I'll say true. Okay. It is false. She it was is not false. in a woman under the influence. That is correct. <laughs> it is false. Uh, so here's for Carl. <laughs> here is here is for, for you Charlie. You are absolutely right. Charlie's she was not up. in it. Charlie's on the board. Well, it's not difficult. Charlie, she was one of the pinups on the cell in the Shawshank Redemption in 1994. True or false? Well, since her poster was so very popular... I'm going to say true. That is true. That is true. And anybody who can give me either of the other two gets a brownie point. I'll s- uh, uh, sh- uh, uh, what's her name? Farrah Fawcett. Nope. Mm, I was going to say. Nope. I- I'm going to say it's. Um, it's, er- it- it's earlier it's than that. Betty Grable. Nope. Sorry. Mm. It was Rita Hayworth and Marilyn oh. Monroe. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good guesses. Right. Carl, in 1970. She accepted the Oscar for Best Actress in a Supporting Role on behalf of Jane Fonda, who was not present. I would say that's true. Absolutely false. Thank you. It is false. (laughs) (laughs) She did that, but for Goldie Hawn, not for Jane Fonda. All right, here's for Carl. But Carl, I think you've got none right. I got one right. Did you? About the poster. Yes, that is true. Mm -hmm. Charlie, she was named the worst actress of all time in the 1980 book titled... The Golden Turkey Awards. That's a very good question. I know. And I'm going to say, unfortunately, it's probably true. I'll say false. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, this Here's is Charlie. going really well. Here's I'm, for Carl. You've made my night. Gosh, I stink at this. No comment. Carl. Yes. 20th Century Fox wanted her to change her name to Kelly Welch. Because they thought Raquel was too difficult it is. to pronounce. I just, I just proved to you that it is too difficult. Well, for so you. I'll say true. I'm going to say false. Thank you. It's false. <laughs> it was, they wanted her to Kyle. change it to Debbie, <sighs> not Kelly. Oh, Debbie? Debbie oh, my Welch. goodness, but Debbie. Debbie. I don't Never. know. Debbie's not a, mm. not a well, good name for Raquel. What? No. no. Yeah. All right. Last question, Charlie. So I have no chance, you right? You have zero I chance. Have zero chance? None. Okay. Charlie, she was the celebrity spokesperson for Foster Grant sunglasses. I remember the ads for Foster Grant sunglasses, and I believe that is true. No, it's false. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really doing well tonight, huh? Charlie, you got wiped, Carl. that Man. was fantastic. I, I, I'm telling you, Charlie. <laughs> I, you know... If this is what's to come in the I, evening, I it am, should be a lot of fun. I am a failure. That's just all I can say about it. Charlie is not saying anything, nor am I. Charlie, you kicked butt. You did amazing. <laughs> yes, you did. And I'm going yes, to I'm gonna send you a, a four-CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. All right, Charlie? Thank you very much, You're Carl. great, And you're buddy. a lot of fun to play with on yeah. the air. Thank you, Lisa. All uh-huh. right. Bye-bye. Take bye-bye, care. Bye-bye, Charlie. When we come back, it's the adventures of Frank Race. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. So I want to understand this. There was eight questions. Yes, right? correct. And I got, and they were true or false. True so or false. I had false. a 50% chance. That is and true. And I got seven of the eight wrong. That is correct. Wow. I mean, you could close your eyes and, and do better. Of course, when you start the segment by introducing her as Rachel, I knew things weren't going to go your way. Oh, my goodness. So. I am just 
brutal at this. But you game. know, that's only showing what we have to come this evening. So it I should mean, be great. I mean, I could have just said all true, and I would have gotten more right. Yes. Than trying to figure it out. That's true. Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, we're about to listen to Frank Rice. I think we, you know, we've got some uh, programs on this edition that we've never aired before. Frank Rice, we have aired just a couple of episodes. But uh, later in the show, in our five-hour show, we're going to listen to a uh, dark fantasy. We've never aired one of those. And we're also going to listen to Calling All Detectives, a really interesting quarter-hour show, and I'll tell you more about it later. But... Um, it's amazing to me that we're still licensing and finding incredible radio shows to bring you here on Hollywood 360 when, you know, yeah. uh, I have 100,000 shows and we're always looking in the library, but we're also finding shows that we've never aired and um, bringing them to you for the very first time. This show, as I say, we've aired a couple, but not too many. It was an espionage series uh, that came to radio in 1949. It was a syndicated program. Tom Collins starred as Frank Race, a former OSS agent, now freelancing as a troubleshooter and insurance agent. So he was an OSS agent in the Army. He's home now. You know, he came home, and he is now a troubleshooter, an insurance agent, and he's always solving crimes and all kinds of stuff. Tony Barrett played Race's sidekick, Cabby Mark Donovan. Um, it was the kind of show that sort of resonated with post-war America. It did very well on the air and syndication. This episode is called The Enoch Arden Adventure from May 29, 1949. Tom Collins stars. Here's The Adventures of Frank Race. The Adventures of Frank Race, starring Tom Collins. The war changed many things, the face of the earth and the people on it. Before the war, Frank Race worked as an attorney, but he traded his law books for the cloak and dagger of the OSS. And when it was over... His former life was over, too. Adventure had become his business. The Adventures of Frank Race. And now we join Frank Race for the Enoch Arden Adventure. places that features music, not only for atmosphere, but also to drown out the cries of the patrons when they get their checks. Mine was a mellow mood. I expected to be joined at any moment by a creature both feminine and alluring. So I was settling myself for a gentle and interesting evening when... But I cannot admit you, monsieur. Hey, Rice, tell these guys you know me, will you? Now don't make a scene, Henri. Let the gentleman in. There, you see, wise guy. Wise guy. Well, what's the pitch, Mark? I got a dame in a cab. She wants to see you. Why didn't she come in? She's supposed to meet me here. Huh? You expecting a dame? Well, you don't think I'd go white tie and to dine alone, do you? Uh, I got me a feeling a dame in my cab ain't the one you're expecting. Blonde, statuesque, rather beautiful. Uh-uh. Redhead. Stacked. Completely a pip. That good? Mm-mm. All right, you sold me. Henri. Uh, you wish something, Monsieur Ace? Yeah, there'll be a lady seeking me. I've, uh, I've been taken suddenly ill. Eh? 
You'll make it convincing. Hmm? Oh, but of course, Monsieur Reis. You are dying. To steal a phrase from Mark, the lady in the cab was a pip. I had a look at her while lighting a cigarette. I held the match until it almost burned my fingers. Then I sat back to await developments. I'm Hillary Stewart. I have a personal problem that I think you could help me with, Race. A matter of insurance. The policy's for half a million dollars. Something tells me the insurance is on your husband's life. Yes. And at the moment he's alive? I don't know. You see, Race, I'm, I'm 26 years old. I was married eight years ago. Almost seven years ago, my husband disappeared. Disappeared? Just disappeared. Police had the case. There was a lot of publicity and... Oh, yes, yes, I remember. Martin Stewart, senior partner in the importing firm of Stewart Romick, wasn't he? That's right. And in this state, when a person's been missing for seven years, He may be declared legally dead under the Enoch Arden law, which would make that little insurance policy of yours payable. You cover ground quickly, Mr. Race. Half a million dollars, I'm afraid I can't see where you'd have any problems. Do you think the insurance company will be inclined to pay all that money without investigation? No. I think they'll investigate all over the place. But if everything's above board... Suppose they were to find that my husband had been murdered. Well, that would be important only if you murdered him. Did you? That's what I mean. That's why I want you to look into the affair for my protection. Will you take the case? You have dinner with me and coax me a little. I'd like that, but I can't. Not tonight. Tomorrow, perhaps? Let's drop the perhaps. All right. And now if I could be transferred to another cab, I must go home. Well, we'll take you home. Where to? Sumter Terrace, 1450. Sumter Terrace is an exclusive district. One of those streets where tall, thin trees line the curves and short, fat women parade their dogs. There was a man standing before the entrance to number 1450 as I escorted Hillary Stewart up the steps. She spoke to him. Hello, Gary. I'm sorry I'm late. I've been waiting an hour. I'm truly sorry. I'll go in and get ready right away. Thanks a lot, Mr. Race. If you'll call for me... Tomorrow. I'll remember. I wanted to go into the building, then I turned toward Mark in the cab. But I didn't go toward them. Gary was there on the steps, blocking the way to the street. Stay away from her, understand? Now you're making me very sad. It's practically an engraved invitation to come back. Yeah? And what's this? Nailed me to the wall of the building. His outline danced in front of me as I fought to breathe, to stay upright. I was conscious of his grinning at me, an ugly grin. Then he pulled the door open and went inside. Hey, hey, what went on there? Uh, what goes on, Race? You hurt? No, just embarrassed, Mark. Yeah, I'll be all right. Uh, a second. I thought I saw him throw a snake punch at dirty Lodon. No good. What are you slugging? Well, I digest my food. I went inside. I'll go in and beat his brains. No, not now, Mark. I can take care of myself. I have an idea we'll be seeing him again. The enforced soup diet that Gary had thrust upon me was wearing on my nerves for the next evening. My appetite was back in working order and my spirits were high, but the housekeeper who answered the door at the residence of Hillary Stewart sent them into a nosedive. 
I don't understand it, sir. She left no messages. We have no idea where she can be reached, huh? Well, she took a plane last night to Europe. To Europe? Last night? Yes, sir. To Zurich, Switzerland. Perhaps you could write to her there at the Hotel Metropole. Sorry. I don't suppose you have any idea why she went there. Well, Mr. Stewart, God rest him, used to have a branch of his company there. I think uh, Mr. Romick, his partner, works from there now. I take it you've been with Mrs. Stewart for some time? Oh, yes, sir. I was Mr. Stewart's housekeeper for ten years before he married her. I understand he disappeared not long after the wedding. Yes. Happened right here in this very room. It was a Sunday afternoon. He was listening to the radio. And then the news came over that Pearl Harbor had been bombed. Mr. Stewart, he didn't say a word. He got up and walked out of the house, and we never saw him or, or heard of him again. Hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. With Hillary Stewart running out on me, my first reaction was an impulse to flip the whole thing. I can do without women to play games, even glamorous redheads. But I thought of her playmate Gary and that sneak punch and decided that I had to see that boy again. The way he'd acted made me certain I'd find him wherever I'd find Hillary. I played a hunch. I went into a phone booth and called several of the bigger life insurance companies. And I hit the jackpot when I spoke to Steve Watson, vice president in charge of claims at Columbia Life Plan. Yes, Race, we issued the policy on Stewart's life. Why? Well, I just think the claim's a little fuzzy. Huh? I'd check some more before paying off. Oh, I wish you'd have told me that a little bit sooner. claim was paid off in full yesterday. Yesterday? That's right. But she'd already collected when I met her. Hmm? Was that Race? Um, nothing, nothing, Steve. Wait a minute, you got something on your mind. Spill it. Hey, look, Steve, let me throw you a proposition. I think that claim's off base. Let me look into it. And if I come up with something, I'm working for you. And if I fail, I'm on my own. That's the deal. Where can I reach you? Make it care of American Express. Zurich, Switzerland. Switzerland. Land of peace and comparative plenty. Nestling in the heart of a war-torn and starving continent. Setting down on the runway of the Zurich airport was different from most European landings. There were no bomb-shattered buildings, no rubble-choked streets. Mark and I smudged the register at the Hotel Metropole. I found Hillary Stewart's name in the book. She wasn't in, so I left Mark at the hotel and located the office of Stewart Rummick. Guten Tag. Hey, guten Tag. I'm looking for, uh... Oh, uh... Ich bin... <laughs> An American. Well, don't what? struggle with the lingo, pal. Let's just talk United States. Oh, gladly. You know, I always have trouble with my umlauts. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Hey, where are you from? New York. Ah, no place like it. Hey, I used to play ball for the Dodgers. Hmm? Two years with them before Uncle Robbie traded me. Third base. Yeah, the hot corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a long time ago. What'd you say your name was? Frank Race. Mm. And um, I'm looking for a young lady I think you may know. Hillary Stewart? Why, sure I do. I was her husband's partner. I'm Pete Romick, and you're in luck. Hillary's in the other office. Came in a few minutes ago. Come on. Hillary was sitting beside her desk, sipping hot chocolate. There was no flicker of surprise in her eyes when she saw me. 
We were still playing a game when she was winning, because I could see that she had been expecting me. Behind the desk sat a dark-skinned man who might have been from the Mediterranean area. I had a feeling that at home he'd have been wearing a turban. He was introduced as Sutra Heyman, manager of the office. You have just arrived in Switzerland, Mr. Rice? A few hours ago. Enjoy a pleasant voyage? Enjoyed a fast flight. You must have, Rice. Faster than I expected. Ah, but you did expect. You know, we never quite finished that chat we started in New York. Now, dinner dates might result in a case of malnutrition for me. <laughs> Forgive me, Rice, and I'll make it up to you this very evening. There's a quaint place just on the outskirts of town, the Doroth. Let's meet there, um, say at eight. Fine. Eight o'clock it is. Is that a Hammond organ right there? Absolutely, Carl. Yeah. That's, uh, so this was a lower budget show because, you know, they had just, this was, uh, this program was syndicated. And they just had an organist, and that was it. That was the, like a lot of these shows had a full orchestra. I mean, can you imagine? You got like twenty people in the orchestra. Right. You're paying each person. Maybe I don't know. Back then, fifty bucks. Let's say. I mean, that was probably about what they made to be in the orchestra for a show. Yeah. Twenty-five to fifty dollars. But then you got let's say twenty people. That's a lot of you know. That's a lot out of the budget. Sure. Here you had one person, you one know, one guy or gal, yeah, just sitting at a Hammond organ and just playing these little interludes in between. And people were like, "Fine, I'm buying it." Anyway, this is uh, the Adventures of Frank Race, May 29, nineteen forty nine, the Enoch Arden Adventure with Tom Collins. Uh, have you ever had a Tom Collins? I have. Have you? I have. I never have. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never had one. Is it's, it any good? It's been a long time. I couldn't any good? answer that. I don't really I, I mean, don't know. you and your Roma, I, I didn't think you... I'm going to stick with wine. All right, we'll be right back. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. How many of you wish... There was a better alternative to the sensationalism and outrageous bias in mainstream media. For more than 65 years, National Review has covered the most important issues and political questions facing the country from a common-sense conservative perspective. And as a longtime reader of National Review, I can honestly say that National, Re- uh, National Review doesn't fall for political fads or hysteria, and they never do clickbait. Their commentary and opinion journalism is rooted in a love for America and an allegiance to the nation's founding principles. And now National Review is offering Hollywood 360 listeners 60% off 
any subscription option, and I would personally recommend their digital membership, NR Plus. With NR Plus, you can access all of their content on the website and app, including the digital magazine, and you'll never get locked out of articles by the paywall. Plus, membership includes other perks like reduced ads on the site, and my favorite, invitations to monthly calls with NR editors and political leaders. Visit nationalreview.com slash Hollywood today and save 60%. Carl, that's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. I love National Review, and I hope you will take advantage of this special offer to our Hollywood 360 listeners. nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. Save 60%. All right, we're listening to a syndicated radio episode of The Adventures of Frank Race. Good uh, espionage-type program. Tom Collins starring, and along with Tony Barrett in this uh, particular episode, Michael Ann Barrett also, Charlie Lung in here, Paul Freeze, I'm sure you recognized his voice. This is a May 29th, 1949 episode. Here's the conclusion. Dorth is the kind of place you dream about. It had all the old world charm, along with candlelight, exquisite linen, fine old silver. The place did something extra for Hillary's eyes. And it was difficult not to forget that this lovely creature was a very dangerous companion. Oh, oh, I'm enjoying this enormously, Ray. It's the sort of place I'd enjoy spending every evening with someone like you. After I get the insurance money. You must be suffering from amnesia, child. You've already received the money. You can put away that fetching stare, Ducky. I got my information from the insurance company. All right, Race. I guess I should have given you my confidence in the first place. I'm listening. I engaged you, Race, because I'm afraid. Of what? Being murdered. By whom? Gary? Romick? Amy? I don't know. Perhaps my husband. Perhaps he really isn't dead. Oh, Race, I'm a coward, and the money only gives me more to fear. You're not silly enough to be carting a half million dollars around with you. No. No, I cashed the check, but I put the money in one of those rental lockers that look out of your field before I came over. Here. Here's the key that opens that locker, Race. I want you to keep it for me. You want me to keep it? I don't know why, but I'm convinced that getting rid of this key is my only chance of staying alive. Yeah, that's a very sweet thought. Now we can stop worrying about you, but uh, what about me? for somebody to make a play, but nothing came. Until I got an invitation from Sutra Heyman to take part in some winter sports at a chalet he owned above Snowline. Inside the chalet, there was a roaring fire in every room. Romick was there, and so was Gary and a few other people I didn't know. But Heyman didn't bother with introductions. He showed me up to my room, and he came in too, closed the door. There is a small balcony outside the window, Mr. Race. But do not become overly enthusiastic about the view. There is a sheer drop of almost 1,000 feet. You didn't come in to tell me that. Merely polite conversation. A prelude to more important things. What's on your mind? Hillary Stewart. In what way? I'm in love with her. I want you to leave her alone. So you invited us up here to spend the weekend together. 
Rotten planning. I have several plans. Some of them pleasant. And the others? Most unpleasant. They do not come within a thousand feet of being pleasant. What do you want? The girl or the money? Because if it's the money, you have to deal with me. What do you mean? Stewart's insurance. Half a million dollars. It's locked up, and I've got the only key to it. Then you are not interested in Hillary. Well, in a casual sort of way. Many men would be. Gary's the lad you better keep the eye on. Gary works for me. It was his job to keep other men away from her. Oh, so that's it. Well, brace yourself for a shock, Hammond. Your muscle man has fallen in love with his work. Gary, you are joking. It's no joke, Hammond. He'll kill anybody who tries to take her away from him. Including you. After planting the seed of doubt within Heyman, I went to bed. But I was restive. With that thousand-foot drop outside the window, I felt like a flagpole sitter the day before he breaks the record. It was with sleepy delight that I found myself alive in the morning. But the sleepiness wore off with tobogganing and skiing and the inevitable snow fight. <laughs> Ouch! Whoa! Watch him race! He's putting chunks of ice on them. <laughs> now, as a kid, we used to use coal. I'll even it up with you. With this one. Oh, nice work, Rami. <laughs> Why, get on my right side, will you? You're blocking my swing. Oh, sorry, I forgot you were a southpaw. Huh? Oh, there's Hyman in the open. Let him have it. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> his I surrender. Me too. I'm the only undamaged target left. Oh, just when I was getting the range. Oh, well. <laughs> Look, uh, there's a car coming up the road. Yes, I think it's a friend of mine. Oh. I'll go meet him. Oh. Mark, all right, in a battered cab that a New York hacky wouldn't have taken into the Catskills. I told the cab driver to wait, and I dragged the protesting Mark up to my room. What's the matter with you? What'd you tell him to wait for? Because you're going right back with him. How about the cables? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, bad news. The insurance company got in touch with a police, like you said, and they opened that lock at LaGuardia, but the loot was gone. Gone? Are you sure, Mark? Empty as a horse player's pocket here. Read it yourself. Hmm. How about Rummy? Uh, two years with the Dodgers, all right. Third base, like he told you. Bad at a lousy 212, but he was okay in the field. Still, a southpaw third baseman is a bit unusual. What are you talking about? Romick ain't no southpaw. Just says he was a right-hander. Good boy, Mark. That's what I wanted. Then I don't have to go back down with that nut? Oh, more than ever. You're going to Paris. Paris? <laughs> Why don't you say so? I'll slide down a hill on my nose. There's a Columbia Life Plan office on the Rue de la Paix. Get to the man in charge and tell him I sent you. Check. Ruth de la Paix. Check. Tell him to contact every major insurance company on the continent and find out if any of them have ever paid a claim on the life of Pete or Peter Romick. Uh, he ain't dead. He may be. This Romick's an imposter. And one more thing. Yeah? I think Hillary brought the money over here with her. Huh? Half a million shouldn't be too hard to trace. Have all the foreign exchange branches of the banks checked to see if any private individual has had large sums of American currency exchanged for francs or British pounds, any European currency. Consider that I have done it. And we'll be back with the info in a couple of days. Hmm. I'll wait a couple of days. I'll be as cold as yon mountain peak. Heyman has a phone hidden in his den. I spotted the wires. Now, you stay at the Columbia Life Plan office when you get that information. Uh -huh. Make them keep the place open all night if you have to. And I'll slip down during the night and phone you from here. <laughs> I will persuade them to stay open with me and ranch. Less time than I thought. It was in their eyes at lunch. 
There was a lot of nervous tension around that table. Another very obvious thing was that all the other guests, with the exception of Hillary, Romick, Gary, and, of course, Hammond, had suddenly left for other places and other companies. You are not eating well, Race. I should think this sports would sharpen your appetite. <laughs> he goes on diet sometimes. He loves soup. Well, I'm not much of a lunch hound. Neither is Hillary. Maybe we need more exercise. Walk? I think I'd like that. Excuse us? Of course. Sure. The snow was beautiful and deadly. Deadly because you left a trail behind you with every step. It was no use trying to hide. There was no place to hide. Hillary knew it, too, because... Race. Oh, Race. Hey, hey, take it easy. Hold me, Race. I'm frightened. One of them's going to kill me. Why, you? I've got the key. There's no time to argue the point, because unless I'm mistaken, there's a man on that far slope. And he has a rifle with a telescopic sight. Get down. Where is he? Never mind. Do as I tell you. Crawl this way, but keep low. Oh, Race, we can't go any further. There's a drop here. There's a slight slope. If it isn't too sure, we may make it. Hold on to me now and relax. We're going to go bobsledding without a bobsled. No, Race. No. We hit the bottom. It was touch and go, but it was a little extra distance on our side. But we had to keep moving. At least we had darkness to cover us. Then we rested, but not for long. I was trying to figure out a way to work back to the house and keep my telephone rendezvous with Mark when... Race. Race, look. Yeah, following the trail with torches. Tenacious, aren't they? Only two lights, though. Hmm. Somebody isn't playing. Race, you can hear me. Don't answer him. Well, thanks for the advice. Think I like to play clay pigeon? Answer me, Race, or I shall have your friend call you. You don't think I let him get back to Zurich, do you? He's got Mark. Your friend wants you to join us here. I will let him tell you. Don't be a sucker, Race. Keep going. Oh, you... I'm sorry, Hillary. All right, Hammond. Gary. You convinced me. Bargain with them, Race. They want the key. Very pertinent suggestion. Yeah, listen, Hammond. Before I make a target of myself, remember, I'm the only one who knows where that key is. I am aware of that, Race. Lead me to it, then Gary will hold you and your friend for 48 hours, after which you will be released. Get lost, Race! Get lost! All right, Heyman, but make Gary lay off. You can stop him by walking toward our torches. Here we come. We walked to the lights. Poor Mark. It looked like he'd gone 40 rounds with Dempsey. His eyes swollen, half closed. What'd you have to give up for? Perhaps to fight another day, boy. All right, Heyman. Shall we march? An excellent suggestion. The scout troop seems to be short a member of the Eager Beaver Patrol. Ramik? No, no, the man who posed as Ramik. Oh, <laughs> you are very clever, Ace. The real Ramik is dead, of course, as you surmise. How about the fake Ramik? He is dead, too, Race. You see, he went up to search your room, and he found part of the cablegram you tried to burn. The information about the real Rami. He, he was very excited. He wanted to find you and confide in you, I think. 
But in his excitement, he fell from the balcony. Well, that's convenient. Only two of you to split the money now. How are you going to split uh, Hillary? What do you mean, Race? Well, Heyman was in a tender and confiding mood yesterday. He loves the lady. That uh, makes you rivals, doesn't it? Heyman? He's needling you, you fool. If you can convince him of that, Heyman, you're dumber than I thought. I'm smart enough to make sure. Drop your gun, Heyman, and walk with the rest. This is earlier than I had planned this, Gary. But you had to be eliminated sooner or later. Oh, careful, Ray. Now I knew you'd be a sucker, Gary. Leave fool me. Now I'll take that. Don't shoot, Race. Please. Don't worry. I'm not the type. How do you feel, Mark? Oh, Rocky. Oh, that's too bad. I thought you might want to tie the score with Gary. Huh? Oh. Oh. I get it. I, for that, I'm in a pink. I got one good round in me, and that's just about all it's going to take. Now, listen. No, I, I, you I, listen. You're a very lucky guy that I ain't got my hand wrench. <laughs> What do you know? Boy, look at all that ocean under us, will you? <laughs> well, I'd be glad to see New York again. <sighs> hey, what do you suppose them Swiss guys will do to that Gary? They murdered Heyman. They have laws. Good ones. You saved my life, Race. I'm very grateful. You'll pay for it. Of course. I'll pay you well. Are you sure the insurance company will close the case when we've told them everything? When we've told them everything, yes. And as soon as they locate and attach the money, wherever you banked it in Europe. But I don't understand. And you've yet to be tried for being an accessory to your husband's murder. Holy smokes, Race, what are you... You made a big mistake, Hillary. You were the only one who knew the money wasn't in the locker. Or Heyman would have shot me on sight without trying to get the key. That's not true, Race. Oh, yes, it is, Ducky. You were all in it together. You, Heyman, and the others. Heyman was easy to tag, too. You know, the manager of a branch office of a bankrupt firm wouldn't own a Swiss chalet. Equipped with servants. Unless he had private means. Like the money from Romick's insurance. That doesn't mean that I had it any... It means you were greedy, Ducky. You didn't want Heyman to cut in on your half million. But, Race, why would I have called you in if I had anything yes, to... Yes, just so you could ask that very question. You knew that I would be the perfect alibi in the eyes of the insurance company. Would have worked, too, beautifully, if you hadn't taken that money out of the locker. You're not going to send me to prison, Race. Never! Never! Race, she's getting away! <laughs> 20,000 feet with all that ocean down there? Relax, Mark. She isn't going far. Adventures of Frank Race, starring Tom Collins with Tony Barrett as Mark Donovan, comes to you from Hollywood. Others heard in tonight's cast were Michael Ann Barrett, Tom Holland, Charlie Lung, Mark Lawrence, and Paul Fries. 
This series is written and directed by Joel Murcott and Buckley Angel. The music is composed and played by Ivan Dittmars. Be sure to be with us again this same time next week for another dramatic chapter in The Adventures of Frank Race. Art Gilmore speaking. This is a Bruce Ells production. All right, that's The Adventures of Frank Race. Good cast there, too. A lot of... Radio pros, as they say, including Paul Fries, Tom Collins, starring, obviously, as Frank Race. And you had uh, Tom Holland, Charlie Lung, Mark Lawrence. Um, yeah, good cast. Uh, the Enoch Arden Adventure, May 29th, 1949. And, uh, you know, you hear a show like this, uh, Frank Race, and you say, well, gosh, that's interesting. I maybe never heard an episode of that. That's one of the things we do with the Classic Radio Club. You know, you get 10 episodes sent to you on CD every single month or via digital download. If you're like Lisa and you don't want CDs, you know, she likes the digital download, so she's a member in the digital program where Mike and I, because I get them sent to me too, I love them. I love the CDs. And I like getting the CDs because I put them on my shelf and I put a new one up there every single month. You have to have a lot of shelf space. That I way. have a lot of shelf oh, space. Oh, I bet you do. Um, you know, and then my 74 Nova has a CD player in it. I oh, had, well, wow. I had that put had in after put in, aftermarket, sure. yeah. And so when I'm driving around in that thing, um, I play the classic radio shows. And well, someday when you upgrade, you can do the digital version and you can Bluetooth no, it right from your phone. I like the CDs, okay. and they come in a case, and there's a booklet in there. And so members of the Classic Radio Club get a lot of stuff. You get 10 shows on five CDs and a booklet in a case, and that case color changes every single month. There's photos of the stars on there. It's a really nice presentation. And uh, members not only get every 30 days, they get a new one of these with 10 new shows. And one of the things I was saying is we generally put one kind of obscure series in there. You know, the rest are like Jack Benny and The Shadow and... Duffy's Tavern and, you know, Boston Black. You get, you know, it changes all the time. Suspense. You get the ones that you really love, you know, different ones every month. But we always put something unique, like a first episode of something or, uh, yeah, it's it's just great. People love it. And then you also get sent via email. If you have an email, you're sent our full Hollywood 360 five-hour radio show every Monday, along with our Radio Rarities podcast. So, in total, check it out. I did the math, Lisa, and it's right. I, I've checked it a couple of times. You get 34 classic radio shows every month, and you can get that if you're a digital member for only nine ninety nine a month. It's like a classic radio lovers bundle. It is, and you're supporting the show, and we really appreciate that. So when you're a member of the Classic Radio Club, for only nine ninety nine a month, you get all of what I just said. Now, it's a little bit more if you want the CDs. Obviously, we have to send you the product. We have to mail it to you. We have to manufacture the product. But uh, the quality is going to be tremendous. You said I say that word a lot. There it is. It's tremendous quality, and you're going to get all these great classic radio shows. I hope you'll consider joining the club. We have lots of people that are in the club. Right, and here's the thing. Right now, if you call... Now, this evening, the live operators will be me or Carl. Yeah. And so we can answer all your questions. You can do it right on the phone. We can take your card on the phone. You don't have to deal with, you know, doing it all online. We can help you through the process. Very simple. Uh, you can give us a call at 815 900 
7535. If we don't answer immediately, we're probably on the radio when we promise we'll call you right back. Leave a message. Again, the number is 815-900-7535. Or you can go to our website, ClassicRadioClub.com, ClassicRadioClub.com, or as Lisa said, 815-900-7535. All right, time for this month in music history. All right, your job is to tell me what 1984 movie this song is from. Um, Beverly Hills Cop? No. Uh, so what's the name of the song? Do you recognize it? Um, cool, Cool Summer? Cruel. Oh, Cruel. Did you know it's Cruel Summer? Okay, cruel it's summer. by uh, Bananarama. Bananarama. And it was featured in the 1984 film, The Karate Kid. Oh, Karate right? Kid. Right, and then it reached number nine on the charts as soon as it was in the movie. Love Karate Kid. Yeah, I know you do. All right. It's a girl group, too. That's always a bonus for you. <laughs> As Ralph, Ralph Macchio was the right. karate kid. And yes. Pat Morita mm-hmm. was, uh, was the, the, master. Other, the other guy. <laughs> the master. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's a horror episode of Dark Fantasy from 1942. But first, we're going to need a Hollywood 360 listener contestant to play Name That Tune, right, That's Lisa? right. Are you a Tom Petty fan? Tom Petty. Tom I love Petty, Tom I know Petty. you do. So love give us it. a call, 312-642-5600. All Tom Petty songs looking for caller eight. All right, you're going to win a four CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas, whether you win or lose, just for playing the game. We'll send that to you. So call us now, 312 642 5600, and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors from fitness, your health and wellness journeys. How to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs> 